I'm so proud of that woman and the decision that she made to be a woman of her word and lead herself through that and embody the woman that she was becoming, which was someone who does not abandon herself and who is honest and is firm in her boundaries and her standards. And so the next day he drove me to the airport and it was such a long drive. It was three hours of really heartfelt conversation and a lot of, he was just really apologetic and there was a lot of reflection and and awakening happening for him and a lot of understanding on my part. And I got on that airplane and that was the last time I saw him. Hello, my love, and welcome to the Boldly Courageous podcast. My name is Melissa Martin. I am a business and embodiment coach and creator of the Boldly Courageous community. Just like you, I've walked through some dark seasons in life, and I know what it's like to start over again and write a new story. This podcast is here to activate you, to show you what's possible when you embody your power and walk with courage and fear in the pursuit of what sets your soul on fire. Each week, you will hear authentic conversations with thought leaders and visionaries as we dive deep into topics such as spirituality, business, money, relationships, sexuality, and so much more so that you can fully embody your boldly courageous self. Are you ready? Let's drop in. Hey, real quick before we dive into the episode, I need to let you know about something really, really special to me. So if you're anything like me and you've had this calling on your heart to start a podcast, but you have no idea where to start, I want to introduce you to the incredible team that I have worked with literally from day one of launching Boldly Courageous over at Podcast Co. They have just released a self-paced course called Launch Your Fucking Podcast. This program will literally take you through step-by-step of launching your podcast from start to finish. You will learn everything about how to create and find the foundation and mission of your podcast, how to come up with the perfect name, get super clear on your audience and the structure of your show. Also, you will learn how to record, how to produce, how to edit, and also hosting, music, creating the perfect cover and building a successful launch strategy. Basically, by the end of the program, you will have launched a podcast that feels authentic and expansive to you, labeling you as the expert that is ready to impact and grow your audience in whatever phase of life they may be at. So all you have to do is go to the link in the show notes, use code boldly courageous at checkout, and you will get a hundred dollars off the launch your fucking podcast course. So now let's jump into the episode. Hello, my love, and welcome to the boldly courageous podcast. I am so grateful that you are here with me today. Normally for solo episodes, I don't record an intro but I just got done recording this podcast episode and I want to just frame it for you in the hopes that you will listen to the very end. In this episode, I share a story that I get emotional. (laughs) I'm really raw and real and vulnerable about one of the biggest transformations in my life and the thing that I'm most proud of when it comes to the work that I've personally done and the work that I continue to do and the way in which I lead others. I'm really hoping that this story resonates with you. And if it does, please let me know. 
this feels like a really special episode to me. So that's it. That's what I wanted to say. I love you. I hope that this episode touches you as much as it it touched me. And without further ado, let's dive in. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Boldly Courageous Podcast. As always, it is such an honor that you are here with me and that we get to share this time together. So for me right now, it is Wednesday morning. It is bright and early. I literally just rolled out of bed and I got in super late last night from California. I've been gone for about a month and a half, almost two months in California, visiting with friends and family and enjoying everything that California has to offer. And I'm back in Atlanta and it feels so good. <laughs> it felt so good to sleep in my own bed. And I woke up this morning just feeling so much gratitude for my space and this home that I've created for myself and the view and the city. And I just, there is something so special about Atlanta to me. And I'm also feeling a little conflicted um, because there's a lot of things that are moving in my life right now that feel uncertain. Um, so I'm feeling stretched and I'm feeling like I'm at an edge and it's bringing up a lot of confusion and different emotions. So it's an interesting place to be. But I woke up with a lot of inspiration this morning and normally, I'm sure you can hear the raspiness in my voice. Normally I wouldn't be recording a podcast before 8 a.m., but I just felt the inspiration to sit down and have a conversation with you. So I'm sitting in my office and the sun has is up, but it's still morning and the leaves have changed. So the view looks different and I'm in my office. I'm cozied up with my favorite blanket and I have a mug of hot water here, ironically in my California mug. And I've just been sitting in my office actually looking at my vision board that I made in the beginning of the year and all the big dreams and hopes that I had for this year and my intentions and desires and things I wanted to call in. And I decided to save my vision board on my phone as my screensaver, um, mostly to remind myself of my dreams and what's possible but also to remind myself that there's still two months left of the year. And I think sometimes this time of year can bring up this sense of pressure or this need to rush. And it's something that I'm personally navigating, like this need to do things fast or that I'm behind. And when I have this feeling of needing to rush or feeling like I'm behind, it causes stress in my body and it causes this feeling of not doing enough. And that's a story that I'm really leaning into a lot more. That's just not true because time is an illusion. A lot can happen in under 60 days. It's really incredible how quickly things can move when we shift our energy and we shift our perspective. And that's something that I've been playing with is being open to miracles, being open to magic, staying in the frequency of there's more than enough time, staying in the frequency of being well-resourced, staying in the frequency of being present and freedom and trust 
and really honoring the space of what feels good versus what feels necessary. If you are listening to this episode, chances are it's Friday or Saturday, whatever day you listen to the episodes. But my intention is to release episodes every Friday that are solo episodes where we sit down and we have a chat together. So at the time of this recording, I haven't yet been live inside of the Boldly Courageous Facebook community to share Bold Moves 2.0, which is the new masterclass that's coming out this week. But if you're listening to this episode, um, chances are day two is complete of that masterclass. So if you've missed it, you can go to the link in the show notes to request to join. And I hope that you enjoy it. Um, This masterclass feels like an anchor point for me. I think every now and then you reach this crossroads in your life where things start to feel different. And I think every masterclass I teach something feels different, right? It's really the catalyst for me wanting to teach it. And I'm learning how to really follow the nudge. Like when I get inspiration and it feels like expansion in my body, my opportunity is to move and in that energy and to not overthink it. I tend to have the habit of overthinking things, of getting too much into the how with the logistics and then overcomplicating things. And then that actually robs me of the excitement and the and the joy and the momentum. So I'm learning that when I feel the zing, I move. And that zing for me feels like what a six-year-old probably feels like on Christmas. It's jumping for joy and dancing around. It's this giddy feeling of like, oh my God, it's all consuming. I can't stop thinking about it. My brain feels like it's going a million miles per minute. I want to like message all my best friends and be like, oh my God, I have this idea and I'm so excited. And like I put on music and I dance. And like when I go to the grocery store, there's just this extra pep in my step because I feel unfuckable with, like I feel unstoppable. I feel so in my body and excited and aligned, like, fuck yes, this is it. Like that is the vibe. And so I've been paying a lot more attention to when I get those feelings that I move quicker, like the time that happens between the feeling and the implementation of that feeling, it gets shorter and shorter because this is like aligned action and excitement. And that feels really good. So I've been playing with that a lot more. And as I'm sitting here, I'm looking out over the Atlanta skyline and there's a little rainbow in the clouds. Have you ever seen that when the sun shines through the clouds just the right way? And there's like this little rainbow. It's so pretty. And I'm grateful for that. (laughs) So I wanted to share a story with you today about victimhood. And the reason why I want to share this is I was thinking a lot about Bold Moves 2.0 and what's coming. And this container that's opening called Embody. Now, if you're on the masterclass, you got all the inside info. So I'm going to tease it here and you'll hear more about it next week. Um, And if you want to know more about it, you can actually just head over to my social media. But you're going to hear a lot more stories in the coming weeks. You're going to see a lot more stories. You're going to be experiencing a lot more storytelling. 
because I realized that um, I love to tell stories and I think it's important. I think we connect through storytelling for ages. We've connected and passed wisdom down from generation to generation through storytelling. And I love hearing a good story and I think it's important to share them. And in Bold Moves 2.0, we're talking a lot about personal power. We're talking a lot about imposter syndrome. We're talking about confidence and not the kind of confidence that's built on the accolades and the achievements and the resume and the outward status. We're talking about the confidence that is built by the inward work, the inner work of building a relationship with yourself and looking at these stories that you've been telling yourself and recognizing that um, these stories probably don't belong to you and you have the power to change them and then actually doing something about it. And being in your personal power and making a decision to say, I don't align with these stories anymore. I'm choosing something different. And in the process of choosing something different, your words and your actions begin to align and you start to embody this version of yourself who's chosen a different story. And as a result of that, there's a deep level of forgiveness that happens. There's a deep level of surrender that happens. There's a deep level of celebration that happens. And this new version of you emerges. And it's this type of confidence that is so embodied because you know on a very intimate level who you are because you've done the work. And this level of confidence doesn't happen by jumping on Zoom and everyone being like, oh my God, I love your story. I love what you're sharing. I resonate with that. Like, yes, that's part of it. But this level of confidence comes from what happens when there is no social media, when there is no one clapping for you, when no one knows what's really going on behind the scenes. This level of inner confidence comes from what happens within the four walls of your heart, within the four walls of your mind, and when your mind and your body connect and you're in sync and you're operating from a place of truth and integrity to your own word of who you are and how you want to be in the world and the level of personal power that you have to lead yourself through the shadow, to lead yourself through imposter syndrome, to lead yourself through manipulation, to lead yourself through people-pleasing and self-abandonment and being wishy-washy in your boundaries. That's the type of confidence that I'm talking about in Bold Moves 2.0. And it is life-changing, this level of confidence, because you move from victimhood to being a hero in your own story. So I want to share so many of these stories because I've realized that there's a framework to this level of personal power. And there's a framework to this type of embodiment. And I've been going through this process myself for years. And I didn't really realize what the process was until I stopped and I realized what the process was. And I realized that I've applied this framework of embodiment to and, and personal power to every area of my life. I'm still applying it. And so what I'm most excited about right now is this masterclass and having this conversation, but I'm also really excited about embodying this framework of personal power and embodiment myself to some different areas in my life as I'm getting ready to walk into 2023, which will probably be a very big year. No, I intend it to be one of the biggest years of my life thus far. And I'm intending to do this with other people. So I'm bringing you along with me in a closed container called Embody, which is a six-month group experience. We'll call it a mastermind for women who desire freedom 
in a way that they've never experienced freedom before. So this is an intimate container for us to do life together, for us to do radical transformation together, for us to do personal power together, for us to do leadership together, for us to do transformation together, for us to do embodiment together. So there will be live coaching, group experiences. There will be a retreat at the end. There will be guest facilitators. There's going to be somatic work. There's going to be learning. And so there's an intersection of learning that's happening here. And the first is the knowing. And this is Bold Moves 2.0, right? This is a lot of the free masterclasses or the paid programs that I offer. So it's the knowing, which is the cerebral part of our embodiment practice where we recognize like, hey, there's something off and I get to shift something. I desire something. I intend to change something. So we seek out the gurus, if you will, or the teachers or the mentors or the programs or the containers for us to learn something. So this part of embodiment is very much the knowing phase of embodiment. And it's the learning phase where we bring awareness and begin to know the unknown. And we learn the skills and the resources, the mindset shifts necessary to bring about real change in our life. And we become a student of life. We become a student of ourself. We become a student of a particular skill. So this is Bold Moves 2.0. This is everything inside the Boldly Courageous Facebook community. If you're interested, there's so many free resources and videos in there where you can come and be a student and just learn in this cerebral way. And then we go deeper into the doing. And the doing is where we get into the body and we start taking action. So I know for me in moments of my life, I felt so incredibly frustrated because I'm like, I'm reading all the books and I'm like listening to all the podcasts and I'm going to all the events and nothing is changing. And it's because I wasn't really doing the things like I, it's great to read the book. I'd be like, yeah, that's great. I'll do the journal prompt later. And then I would never do the journal prompt or I listen to a meditation and be like, yeah, that's great. I'll do the meditation later. And then I never did the meditation. Like I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it later. Puts us in a perpetual state of purgatory. Like we're not actually doing anything other than consuming and being in the knowing. So the doing is where we take the concepts and the tools and the things that we've learned and we actually start doing them, which feels messy. It feels scary. There's a lot of resistance because our ego and our past self just wants to stay where we are. And change feels scary and our nervous system might not be primed for that. But in the doing, amazing things start to happen. And in the doing, this is where we start to calibrate to a new reality. Our bodies start to change. We bring awareness to the physical experience of what's happening in our environment, in our body. And things start to shift. And then we move into the beingness of this new thing where our hearts and our heads combine and our words and our actions align and the things that we know become the things that we do and then they become the things that we be. And this is real embodiment. This is where we become our work. And so in Bold Moves 2.0, we're talking so deeply about this process of the knowing, the doing, the being to create the type of confidence that doesn't say, look at me, it says, here I am. and. When that happens, we look at imposter syndrome in a completely different way. We look at this tendency to want to compare our day one to someone else's day 300, you know, and radical transformation starts to happen. So 
with that being said, I want to share a story with you because as I've been thinking about this framework for embody the program, that's going to be, that's it's open for enrollment now at this very moment, because I've been talking about it inside bold moves 2.0 and we'll be kicking off in January. As I was thinking about this framework and I was thinking about my life, I was thinking about what are some of the biggest transformations that I've personally walked through? And I have to say there's many of them and I will be sharing a lot more of them with you. But the one that I am really proud of, the one that when I talk about it still makes me really emotional and I've gotten so many messages is the personal power and embodiment it took for me to navigate my relationship with my ex-husband and leaving that relationship. And that is one of the things that I'm most proud of in my life because of the way in which he and I walked through that together and who I was being in that experience and how I stood firmly in the embodiment of my future self. So the first thing that I had to do in that experience was I had to really pause and become really present to what was happening in my life. And so my intention going into that relationship was love and partnership and marriage and children and all the things that I think most people intend for a long-term relationship. That was my intention. And my intention was that this would be different. I felt like this relationship would be different in the beginning, but in hindsight, as I'm bringing more awareness to it now, there were so many things that indicated to me where I was ignoring my intuition. And the awareness that I have now is so different than the awareness that I had then. And and in a lot of ways, um, the version of me now would not have chosen my would not have chosen him as a partner, but the version of me then needed to choose him in order to get the lessons. And when we met, we were both entrepreneurs, which was a huge turn on for me. And he was funny and playful and silly, which I loved. And it brought out the side of me that also felt playful and funny and silly. And he was in a rebuilding and a starting over phase in his life, which I greatly aligned with because I was as well. And so there was commonality there. And we were in the same network marketing company. So the foundation of our relationship began with a lot of things in common. And it made it challenging for me to see the things that were greatly different and to see the red flags in the very beginning. So my intention with that relationship was forever. And although I didn't know that at first, but as things progressed very quickly, um, that intention grew. And I remember having a conversation with him about struggling financially. I was commuting two hours each way to see him. We were spending more and more time together at his house. He lived with his dad and I was training classes in his gym and the commute was becoming really challenging. And we made the decision to move in together based on logistics, not based on where we were at in our relationship but based on money and logistics. And I remember when the conversation came up, the feeling that I had in my body immediately was no. And because of my fear around money and my logical mind, I ignored what my body was telling me when it said no. And I 
made the decision to override that (laughs) and move forward with this move-in, which wasn't just a move-in with him. It was a move-in with him and his father in the house that he'd grown up in, in a very small town, two hours away from my entire network of friends. Because financially it made sense and logistically it made sense. And it did feel fun from a romantic standpoint, like how fun and exciting. Within the next year of us moving in together, we got engaged and things started to get really real. I started to see patterns and I started to see signs of um, foundational misalignments in our connection. And I started to withdraw physically, meaning like I was less and less turned on physically. I was less interested in being intimate. And this started to shift the dynamic in our relationship. The polarity started to change because I was starting to feel like this need to control things. And my need to control things looked like being really helpful wanting to be more involved in his business and the way that he did things because I didn't trust his leadership. It looked like me being hyper controlling about our physical space, like wanting to reorganize and redecorate and declutter and things needed to be neat and perfect um, because I felt so stressed in my body. I was conflicted with some lifestyle choices that he was making and how they were triggering childhood wounds. So what originally was this relationship that felt really expansive and supportive and fun started to shift into a living dynamic in a relationship that felt unsafe, unstable, restrictive, and very triggering. And how that started to manifest was this polarity shift in our relationship where I felt very much in my masculine leadership and I did not feel very supported or safe. And as a result, I became the domineering energetic in our relationship, which didn't feel good to me intimately. And so I started to close off. I started to numb out. I started to overwork. I started to avoid intimacy at all costs. And that created a lot of challenges in our marriage. However, I kept a lot of this inside and I started to have this conflict between my head and my heart and my mind and my body. And I was abandoning myself at every single level. I was being intimate when I didn't want to be. (laughs) I was really trying to keep up the facade that everything was great. And we got to this point in our marriage where we wanted to have kids. And for someone who was feeling disconnected from her body and not wanting to be intimate, the process of making a baby felt really confusing for me. And I remember coming to this like crossroads, right? So I became very present that things were off. And I remember having this like defining moment that I could either continue down this path of numbing out and ignoring my intuition and pretending like nothing was wrong and abandoning myself or because I was married, I could do the inner work that I knew for years I needed to do. Like there was always this little nudge being like, hey, there's some stuff here you need to heal. And I just kept ignoring it and ignoring it. It just felt inconvenient, right? Hey, there's some stuff here that you really get to look at. And uh, if you don't, (laughs) 
you're going to be miserable. Like it was like this real defining moment. And because I was married, the stakes were higher because the truth was there was a pattern here. And when I was being really honest with myself and I was being really present, this wasn't new information. This has happened in every single relationship dynamic I had ever been in. And when I got really present and I paused and I started to observe all of the stories of my past relationships and all of the patterns, I was like, oh, fuck, here we are again. And I'm the common denominator in all of it. So I chose to do something completely different. Instead of running away, instead of blaming the other person, instead of being like, well, this relationship isn't just going to work or self-sabotaging or creating some drama in my relationship so I could point the finger and be the victim and and make the other person wrong. And that's why we broke up because this was you know, my MO. I decided to actually do something different. And I decided to surrender and get honest and become really vulnerable. And I sought out help. I started to listen to podcasts and through listening to podcasts and getting educated on trauma responses in the body and everything that I was experiencing, I found my way to somatic therapy. I found my way to different coaches and resources and containers. I I did yoga teacher training so that I could get out of my head and get into my body. And I really became very intentional with moving out of this victim story that I was in, that there was something wrong with me and that it was just like I had a low sex drive or I didn't like sex and I was just disconnected from my body. Like I had all of these stories around something is wrong with me and I'm the victim. And all of those stories had served me like up until that point made it really easy for me to leave because I would pick a fight with somebody else and I would be like, oh, it's your fault. I'm out. (laughs) I didn't take any ownership in it at all. But this time was different. And so I really had an opportunity to observe all of the stories that I had been telling myself. I had an opportunity to really observe and go back into my childhood and look at all of the patterns that were emerging in my relationships. Why was I choosing these types of men? What was shown to me as a child through my relationships with my father, through the relationship that my mother and father had with each other, the relationship that they had with their parents and friends. It was just like, once I started to bring awareness to all of these stories, it felt like I was waking up. And I started to realize like, wow, some of this stuff is mine. Some of it doesn't belong to me at all. But the biggest aha for me was I had the power to choose something different. I had the opportunity to welcome in a new story. And one of the most challenging parts of this entire dynamic was being willing to let everything in my life fall apart in order for me to heal. And I had to be radically honest with my husband at the time of what I was experiencing. I had never shared any of this with him about things that had happened in my childhood and my dynamics with my father and the trauma that I had been experiencing and things that had happened in past relationships because that didn't feel safe for him and therefore it didn't feel safe for me. And so I had to really welcome in a new reality and start embodying a new version of me. And it felt really uncomfortable. Like there were so many conversations that we had where I was sick to my stomach. I was 
shaking and sweating and my nervous system was like firing in all some cylinders, like abort, abort, abort. But because I had support and I was in containers where I felt safe, I had a place that I could go process. And so in, in this experience of like welcoming in new stories for myself, like observing old stories and being like, I choose to be a woman who does things differently. Like I choose to be a woman who feels empowered in her relationships and feels connected on every level. In order for me to connect with my partner, I needed to connect with myself first. And in order to do that, I needed to create boundaries. I needed to start being a woman who is speaking and thinking and acting radically different. And so once I became present to my reality and I started to observe all the stories, I had to welcome in new stories. I had to play in the space of what was possible. And I had to really imagine my life in a completely different way. And once I did that, I had to start being that woman. And so that looked like not abandoning myself. It looked like if I didn't want to or feel a desire or feel turned on with my husband, I didn't have to comply and abandon my body and be intimate when I didn't want to be. And oh my God, that was the hardest thing in my marriage because it felt like I was hurting my partner. And I had to really trust and surrender and and know that this was also his path and that there was work for him to be doing this and well as well as he was meeting parts of him that were being rejected and parts of our marriage that created this dynamic of I wasn't people pleasing anymore. And it was so painful because I loved him. And I felt like I was rejecting him, but in that I needed to accept myself and I needed to create boundaries for myself and honor that experience. And this was the hardest part. So on our path to shifting from being a victim in our story to being the hero and going from self-abandonment to personal power and leadership, and when we start creating boundaries, it is really fucking hard. Like, I'm not going to lie. It's really hard because it brings up so many emotions around hurting other people and having to choose between their happiness or yours. And that was the thing that I'm actually most proud of was that I met his experience with love, but I didn't abandon myself in the process. That I gave him space to process his emotions and I held space for him, but I didn't try and fix him. I mean, I did. There was definitely a lot of layers of me trying to fix him. But more importantly, I kept the focus on what feels true for me and honoring that. And in this process of honoring that, I started to embody a new version of myself that was so clear in her boundaries and started to hold myself to a higher standard of excellence, to a higher standard of values. And when I did that, I started to see the gap between where I was and where he was becoming bigger. And I started to see the misalignment in our relationship becoming even bigger. And this was the most heartbreaking thing for me because I loved him so much. And I was living in this world of potential, of seeing his potential so clearly and the potential for our relationship so clearly and really like coming to terms with the fact that that might not happen. And I will literally never forget this day. 
I was on the phone with my therapist, Melissa, who was helping me navigate this. And she was, she's a trauma informed therapist and she was helping me connect to my little girl. And I was feeling so much fear and lack of safety in my body because so much was transitioning in my life. My network marketing company was restructuring and I was losing all of my income. And I was the primary financial driver for our home. And I was feeling unsupported in my marriage. And I was starting to feel like, I don't know if I want to be in this marriage anymore. And I was feeling really confused. And like, I, like everything was just feeling messy. And in that conversation through connecting, not in my head, but into my feeling body and being so present to what was there, she helped me get really clear on where I was going and who I wanted to be. And when I thought about my future and I thought about my partnerships and my marriage and my relationships, what were non-negotiables for me? And it felt so good in my body to be so clear on where I was going and who I was becoming and what I was embodying that I actually found a sense of safety and peace and clarity because my mind and my body were one. And when it came time for me to have this conversation with my husband, it was a six hour long conversation of radical honesty and truth and clarity. I was so clear that I was at this like crossroads once again, where I felt like I was so unhappy in our marriage and that I was getting to this point where I was either going to choose my own happiness or I was going to choose our relationship. And in that moment, I was leaning towards choosing my own happiness. And I was so clear, I laid out all of my non-negotiables in our relationship and I didn't demand him do these things. I gave him the option. And I'm so proud of myself in that moment that I led with love and honesty and clarity on who I am and what I desire. Like I embodied this version, this woman that was leading herself and was so clear on her worth and her desires, and her vision, and where she was growing, and the type of partner that she wanted to grow with, and what her intentions were. like It was so clear. And I was able to communicate it from a place of love, and honesty, and compassion, and self-responsibility, that this wasn't about him. This was about me. This is what I desire. This is my standard. These are my expectations. These are my non-negotiables that I am not willing to waver on. And this is this is how I see the rest of my life going. And I invited him into it. And in that conversation, I gave him a choice. And I allowed him to say yes or no. Hey, do you agree to these terms? Yes or no. And so by me being in my personal power and being embodied, not in, as a victim, not blaming him, but inviting him into my level of embodiment, I gave him a choice. I gave him an opportunity to be in his power. And in that conversation, he shared a lot of things with me that were really beautiful and hard to hear, but also he agreed to meet me in my standards, which was like, oh, it was the best feeling ever, but also it gave me an opportunity to do something different that I had never done before, which was to sit back and hold him in his standard. The old me would have been like, okay, let's do this together and I'm going to do this and you can do this and like immediately gone into action taker mode. 
of all of the things that I desired for him to do, which is an old pattern of codependence and a need to control. But this new version of me, this embodied version of me that desired very deeply to be in her feminine, that desired very deeply for there to be polarity in her relationship, that very very much desired to be led by the masculine, did something radically different. I embodied the woman who allows her man to lead and to be a man of his word. And so over the next six months, with the help of the containers that I was in, mastermind that I was a part of, the private coaching that I had, and the sisters and the women in my life and myself, I embodied this version of me that stayed a woman of her word and allowed her man to lead himself. And in that process, I moved to California with the intention of him coming with me. I stood firm in my boundaries of allowing him to lead himself and not getting involved in the people pleaser and the self-abandonment and that I can do this in the codependency. That was all old patterning. And I remember having, when I had this conversation with my coach, she said, are you prepared for him to say one thing and do another? Like if you say that these are non-negotiables and he does not meet them, are you prepared to hold yourself to your word that if he does not meet your non-negotiables, this is what will happen, which was I would exit the relationship because they were non-negotiables. And she was so clear with me and she held me in that experience of like, are you prepared for it to go that way? And I had to be prepared for that. I had to be so clear in my word, so embodied in it, that if he did not meet me in my standards that I was willing to walk away. And of course, my hope was that that wouldn't happen. My hope and my desire and my intention was that he would be a man of his word and that he would meet himself in his own personal power and that he would lead himself into the vision that I had for our marriage. But I had to also be unattached to the outcome and surrender that whatever happens I will hold myself in it because that is leadership and that is personal power. And so I remember being out in California and we were apart for about two and a half months. And I started to notice that I was thinking about my future without him in it. And it felt really confusing. I felt a lot of shame around that. I've started to grieve the ending of the marriage before it was even over. And I'll never forget this day. I sent him a message and I said, hey, I'm really struggling with something and I'm hoping that you can hold space for a conversation and we can talk about it. And I got on the phone with him. I can't remember if it was a FaceTime. I think it was. And I just said, I'm feeling really conflicted because I'm really been paying a lot of attention to some of the things that you've been saying. And I feel like they're opposite of what I desire. And I, I'm starting to feel like I don't see you here in California. And I'm not sure that I want you to be here. And I don't know that I want to be married to you anymore. And it was one of the most difficult conversations of my life. It was so hard for me to be truthful and honest, but I'm so proud of myself for, again, leading myself from a place of love and compassion and not blame And I was so radically honest with him about how I was feeling. And 
he matched my energy with compassion and love and radical self-awareness. And a lot shifted in our marriage after that. And I really did see him make an effort. And I started to see things change. And it was really beautiful, but it was, I was in California and he was in New York. And so I knew that I would know once I met him in person again, once I felt it in my body. This time I didn't make logical sense. This time I embodied this new version of myself who trusted her body. And when I flew home to New York for Christmas and I saw him at the airport, I immediately knew in my body this was over. And instead of trying to logically work my mind through it because of everything that was going to happen on the other side of it, I just allowed myself to be in that experience. And December 27th, 2019, the day after my birthday, we had a conversation and I told him that I felt complete in our relationship, that I was grateful for the seven years that we had spent together and the love that we had. And that my hope for him was that he would continue working on himself and finding a path that lit him up with joy and excitement, that he was willing to look at these parts of himself that he had been disassociating from, that he would find peace and happiness within, and that I was not available to be part of that journey. And it was such a radical, honest conversation. And we cried together and we we talked things out and there was no yelling. You know, there was just a lot of regret on his part and sadness on my part. I mean, obviously, I still get upset about it, you know, because there's this moment where you realize that in order to become the version of you that you're meant to be and choose your happiness, sometimes that means that not everyone comes with you. And as much as you want them to, it's not their path. It's not your journey. That's not your story. And um, I'm so proud of that woman and the decision that she made to be a woman of her word and lead herself through that and embody the woman that she was becoming, which was someone who does not abandon herself and who is honest and is firm in her boundaries and her standards. And so the next day he drove me to the airport and it was such a long drive. It was three hours of really heartfelt conversation and a lot of, he was just really apologetic and there was a lot of reflection and, and awakening happening for him and a lot of understanding on my part. And I got on that airplane and that was the last time I saw him. And over the next couple of months, we had a few other conversations, but there was no drama. There was no arguing over money. There was no substance abuse infused conversations or like they're, they're just, it was very peaceful. And I am so grateful for that. <laughs> Honestly, of every relationship transition I've ever had, this one was the one that I'm the most proud of. And so what happened after that for me personally was a lot of releasing and rejoicing. And so what that looks like is a lot of forgiveness, a lot of like navigating confusion and grief around being really excited about this next chapter of my life, but also feeling really sad about the ending of that chapter and how confusing it was that this person that I spent seven years of my life with was no longer in my life anymore. So there was a lot of like, 
forgiveness work that got to happen and healing. I gave myself so much space and grace to just be in my little cocoon and cry when I needed to cry and cancel things when I needed to cancel things. And again, this is all a part of this framework of personal power that I went through of like really bringing presence to the old patterns of hustle and like compartmentalizing and ignoring my feelings and not allowing myself to be sad and not not holding myself in those experiences. Like I committed so deeply to doing things differently. And as a result, I got a different outcome. I became a different woman in that. Even right now in this moment, me having an emotional experience and crying on this podcast is a new intention that I've set for myself that I'm no longer available for hiding my experiences and my emotions. Like I was on a date a few months ago with a man and we were watching a movie and I was having such an emotional experience. I wanted to cry, but I was like embarrassed. I didn't want to see him to see me cry. And I'm like, why am I filtering myself? Why am I abandoning myself in this moment? I'm an emotional being and my desire is to be a fully embodied woman in her power. And crying doesn't make me powerless. It actually makes me more powerful. And so I was on the airplane yesterday flying home from California and I was doing a meditation in a program that I'm in and I started sobbing on the airplane. And you know what? I didn't care that other people saw me. I was fully embodied in my experience. And this is the confidence that I'm talking about. Here I am. I am a woman who can sit down and record a podcast and own her truth and cry and be unapologetic about that because this is my experience and I get to have it. And it's not about... Uh, look at me and feel bad for me. This is about here I am and this is my truth. And I want to be the example for you of what's possible when you commit so deeply to shifting your reality. So this is just one of many paradigms in my life that I've shifted. And over the coming weeks, you're going to hear so many more stories of how I've walked through this process of personal power. And in a very covert way, I shared the framework with you through this story, and it kind of looks like this. Number one is becoming extremely present to your current reality. And so this could be your relationship with money. It could be your dynamics in your career. It could be anything in your life that you really want to shift. But first, you have to become aware and bring presence to what is here. And then you have to observe the stories. Where did this story come from? Where did this pattern first evolve. And from there, there's an opportunity for you to choose to welcome in a new story. What's possible for me? What do I desire? If I could wave a magic wand and fix this, what would that look like? And once that awareness is here, we have to connect our head and our heart, our mind and our body to actually get out of the knowing and into the doing and become that woman set the boundaries, have the conversations, do the things, change the behaviors. We embody a new version of ourselves and then we release and we rejoice. So forgiveness and celebration. And so this is an acronym for power. And this is the framework that I have walked through in so many areas of my life and I continue to walk through right now. So what's really amazing about what's coming in this Embody program is that this is what we're going to do together over six months. We're going to walk through this framework together and I'm going to do it with you, which is so cool. There's some things in my life that get to be tweaked and we're going to do it together. And 
this is the type of leadership that I desire is that I'm not better than you. You're not broken. I'm not here to fix you. We are all women who are in our power. We are all women who choose differently and we get to walk together. So (laughs) thank you so much for, uh, if you're still listening, being here with me in this experience, I was really called to share this story this morning and I'll be sharing more over the coming weeks, but I hope that you will join me inside of the bold moves 2.0 to go deeper into this process of confidence and personal power and embodiment. You'll get all the details on embody. And if you are interested in the program, there is a link in the show notes for you to schedule a time to hop on my calendar. We'll do a discovery call, which means we're we're just going to chat about where you're at in life, where you're feeling the most stuck what shifting that would really provide for you and how committed you are to shifting that. And if the Embody program is the right fit for you. Um, So you can go to the show notes and click that link to access my calendar. You can also access the Bold Moves 2.0 Masterclass, which is free and it's inside the Boldly Courageous Facebook community. Thank you so much for being with me during this conversation. I love you. I'm grateful for you. If this message resonates with you, send me a DM. I love it when you guys message me. Like it really means the most. Like connection is a core value of mine. So I would love to know your thoughts on this episode, if it spoke to your heart. And of course, if you love it, share it. And until the next episode, live your boldly courageous life. Bye. Thank you so much for living your boldly courageous life with me today. I am beyond grateful for you and this amazing community we are building together. It's truly my mission to get this message out into the world and empower others to step fully into the life they've always dreamed of. I would be so incredibly grateful if you would join me in this mission by sharing this episode with your friends and heading over to iTunes to leave me a five-star review. And until the next episode, remember to live your boldly courageous life. Bye.